Well, this is my last Sunday in the pulpit for a while. I've been granted a sabbatical for this summer, and we'll be traveling to North Carolina and Ghost Ranch in New Mexico, the Pacific Northwest, and uh, what, what sabbatical would be without Iowa? We'll be traveling to Iowa. The theme to my sabbatical is something along the lines of the 23rd Psalm, and I'll be writing about it a bit, and if you have the inclination, you can read what I post from time to time. Someone asked me on Friday whether today's sermon title, I Will Not Leave You Orphaned, uh, served as a heads-up for my sabbatical. (laughs) Well, it could be, for I am not leaving you orphaned. I have a terrific ministry team. You have a terrific ministry team, so we're all going to be all right. Try not to get in trouble while I'm gone. Uh, The sermon title, however, comes from the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples after he washed their feet, after he told them that he was going to be going a little while longer, he will be leaving them, after he left them with the new commandment that you should love one another just as I have loved you. So John 14, verses 15 through 21, hear the word of God. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And they who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day can be happy indeed. Cards and a dinner together, family together. Mom, happy Mother's Day. It can be melancholy too. Maybe your mother, like my mother, uh, recently died. And there's no one to call except calling on some memories. Mother's Day can be difficult for the mother who would like to be a mother but can't be a mother for one reason or another. Mother's Day can be difficult for the one who lost a child. Mother's Day can be difficult for the one who has had a painful and fractured relationship with their mom. So perhaps a good number of us might feel orphaned on this day when Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. Mother's Day or not, Being alone has turned into an epidemic, following the epidemic. According to a Harvard study, six in ten young adults say that they feel as though they are alone. Fifty-one percent of mothers feel as though they are alone. That was followed up by another study that said half of Americans feel as though they are alone. Another study says loneliness has the same health consequences as smoking 15 cigarettes a day and drinking six shots of whiskey. Some have suggested it is loneliness at the root of the mass shootings. 
loneliness at the root of the one who gave away top secret information about the government to a chat group. Loneliness is literally killing us. Now, if you're the half that isn't lonely, you might say the prayer, thank God I've got my family and friends who I can call upon day or night. Thank God I'm not like those lonely ones. That could be your prayer if you think Jesus merely offers suggestions rather than commandments. You could say that prayer if you're denying you've ever known the Lord. I don't know him. I've never met him. I told you I don't know him. You could say that prayer, I suppose, if you're on the trajectory of making Jesus a very lonely fellow by 2035, because no one ever follows a word he says. But we wouldn't dare say that prayer if our ears were opened and we were into following the commands of Jesus. Jesus said to you and me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Remember the commandment? Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also must love one another. That's the commandment. Do you suppose Jesus has a small print clause that says, unless you're dealing in the world of politics, (laughs) then you can let that go. A small print clause that says, you can tune me out when you're dealing with those pesky folks who don't have a home. You don't have to love me then. Tiny print that says, just love each other on your good days. If so, when did we get into reading the fine print on anything? What if Almighty God could pull us aside and look at us eye to eye? Love one another just as I love you. That's my command. You must love one another. Eye to eye, heart to heart. Would you brush it aside? Or would you hear it as a divine calling? your life being a holy thing. As God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so too I must love the world. So that all can be saved in love, I will not leave you orphaned world. Half the people are lonely. That's got to hurt, right? Because it isn't our deepest desire just to be valued, to be noticed, to be loved. It gives us our drive to wake up in the morning and do life because we want to have a part to play in that great symphony of life. I am somebody. I remember when I was preaching to empty pews, and I'd get done with the worship service, and I'd go, what was that all about? It was so depressing. But then I'd get an email on Sunday afternoon, or a few emails from some of you, 
And they could just say, thank you for the word this morning. And I'm grateful that they heard a word, but you know what? I was also grateful that there was somebody out there who wasn't leaving me alone. A computer screen that said, I value your presence. A handful of notes that says, you're not orphaned. It reminds me of the story we all heard, the story back in the 50s about Mary, the schoolgirl who had the cleft palate, who had to bear the cruelty of her classmates, she surviving only on the love of family. And so the story goes that back in the 1950s, it was common for teachers to give the students a hearing test. You remember that? I remember that. However, in Mary's case, in addition to her cleft palate, she could barely hear out of one ear and determined not to let the children have another thing, another difference to point out. She would cheat on it year to year. And so the whisper test was given by having a child walk up to the teacher, turn sideways, close one ear with a finger, and then repeat what the teacher whispered. Mary turned her bad ear towards the teacher and pretended to cover her good ear, and she knew that teacher would always say something like, the sky is blue, or whisper, what color shoes are you wearing today? But for Mary, on that day, the teacher whispered, I wish you were my little girl. That is the deepest desire in us all, to be noticed, to be loved, to know that we are not alone. Isn't that old story better than the one where Mary grows up and writes out a manifesto and they find it after they clear her apartment? If we live in a world where God merely gives suggestions, if we live in a world where God's commandments have a lot of fine print, well then, in guns we trust, and let's invest in Kevlar. Or we could seriously listen. Our ears are open to the Word of God. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. You know him because he abides with you. And he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. You know him. He abides in you. The church cannot be a hobby. It cannot be something we attend. The church cannot be a baptism, wedding, and funeral country club. The church is the body of Christ, and we have to have skin in the game. More than that, we have to have the body and blood in the game.
And it can be a thankless task. Lord knows it can be a thankless task. Giving love and getting nothing in return. During the pandemic, our church started to buy coffee from the border, Cafe Houston coffee. You may have purchased a bag or two. You may have had a cup or two in our cafe downstairs. You may have had some in our parlor on Sunday morning. Cafe Justo is a cooperative in Chiapas, Mexico, formed to address poverty and migration from Mexico to the United States. And last week, I heard a story down in our cafe by our mission co-worker, Mark Adams, who said that that Cafe Justo was a vision of just a handful of people who wanted to start a coffee cooperative to get their souls back. So they risked their, their money on a dream to farm, roast, and distribute coffee. And Mark told about how our congregation and other congregations purchased so much coffee that they needed to find more and more workers. It's an economic miracle, folks. Underneath that story was a prayer of a little girl in Mexico. Here was her prayer. I want my daddy back home. Her daddy was working up in the States. And because people bought so much coffee, the picture that Mark showed was of a family where a mother gets her son back. Happy Mother's Day. A wife gets her husband back. And a daughter has her prayers answered. You just bought coffee. You drank coffee. And you never heard a thank you. Oddly, love is a transactional thing. And if you're real quiet and you turn your good ear in, you can hear, you're my child. And I will never, ever leave you orphaned.